Hi, this is Pastor Tamara Kraft from Revival Fire for Kids with an Ignite Kidman podcast. If you want your students to experience revival and the glory of God and become radical followers of Jesus, this is the podcast for you. Join us today as we start the journey, and I'll let you in on my story and experiences in Kidman. Hold on tight. You never know what the Holy Spirit is planning. Oh, we are so excited to have Becky back for part two of this great interview. Well, praise the Lord. You know, um, one of the um, books that I've read recently, I don't know if you got this one or not. It was Children's Ministry in a New Reality which was a, um, a, a joint effort between the Barna Group and Awanas. And um, it's, it's not an easy read. It's not the typical kind of book that the average person is going to want to pick up. But they had some very um, interesting comments in here. And there is a pastor by the name of Sam Luce. He's now a head pastor of a church, but he was a children's pastor for many years and still has a huge heart for it. And, I read his blog. Uh, oh, do you read his blog? Early. He's excellent. Yes. And yes. Um, he, they were asking him a bunch of questions. His um, take on what's going on in children's ministry. He, he says some interesting things. If you'd allow me to read some of his comments of here. Of course. He says another metric that kids pastors use to gauge how many children for the success of their ministry is they gauge how many children had fun. And I think uh, he says, he goes on to say, we tailor our service around wanting to see more children come. And in order to do that, we want them to have more fun. So they're invite their friends. And I don't know what your experience has been, but just like the lady that I read that was a graduate of my school, that's what we're training kids ministers to do. In fact, I, I uh, put a question out on my Facebook page uh, a few months ago, and I said, How many of you kids ministers have ever been to a kids ministry conference where they taught on how to bring kids into the presence of God? And there were a whole slug of comments and most of them says, hmm, never thought about it before, but you're right. I never have. Most of it is just to promote their curriculums or to promote some particular activity. And finally, one guy wrote, and I thought it was, this was very insightful. He says, the reason that you don't see them do it is because at these kids ministry conferences, they're bringing in kids ministers that come from a wide variety. Just um, some are evangelical and some are not. You might have Catholics, Lutherans, Presbyterians, and all that are mixing with the evangelicals. And because of the broad section of the people uh, that come, they avoid these types of topics in the children's ministry conferences. And I have found that to be true. That's why it was kind of like a breath of fresh air when I started going to the focus conference, because they gave me free reign to talk about what I wanted to, which was all things Holy Spirit. I've also found in curriculum and children's ministry books that are published, they're mostly published by a group of like five publishers, and they are very mainstream Christian publishers. They don't want to offend anybody. And because they don't want to offend anybody, they don't teach doctrine and they don't teach anything deep 
at all. Everything's shallow. Everything's here's how to be good. This is how you treat other people. This is how you treat your parents, which of course kids need to know that. Sure. But if they are in love with Jesus, that will come. (laughs) Basically what they're doing is they're teaching behavior modification, not a relationship with Jesus. And we have been so influenced by the culture, by cancel culture, by being afraid to offend anybody that we have laid down our belief systems in many, many ways. And I, I spoke in a um, kids ministry conference a couple of years ago. It's, it was, uh, they claim to be the largest uh, Pentecostal denomination, at least in the United States. And I had a, a workshop there and I, I, I don't remember everything. It was, I'm sure I was teaching along the same lines I'm talking about right now, but I just find my, found myself just bursting out and said, I am sick and tired of Pentecostal churches using Baptist curriculum to teach our kids. And you can kind of just hear everybody gasp and, and, and take their breath. And somebody asked me sometime why? Well, because first of all, they don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. As far as they're concerned, it all passed away. So how are we raising our kids? We're not raising them to believe in the very doctrine of the denominations that we are a part of. Absolutely. Totally agree. It's sad that uh, we have relegated the good news of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to this is the way to behave good. Yes. And so many are not even teaching things that there is a heaven and a hell yeah, or that not everyone is going to heaven. Exactly. And that there, there is truth. And not your truth or my truth, but yes. the truth. Yes. I I uh, teach children's church at my church too, uh, but I'm a children's pastor there. And I made the comment or Sunday, have you ever heard of your truth and my truth? And the kids said, yes. And I said, that's not true. Whenever you hear your truth, my truth. That's not true. If it is not the truth of the word of God, it is not the truth. Yeah, it's true. One of the things that Sam was quoted as saying in this is, and this is along the same line, is that one of the questions that was asked to the children's ministers who took the survey for this study, um, they said, what is the, the, the number one thing you want your kids to know when they graduate out of your children's ministry. And the number one thing was, we want them to know that Jesus loves them. And I loved Sam's response because he says, I think the knowledge that Jesus loves them is not what kids need to know when they get out of kids ministry. That's what they need to know when they get out of preschool. Exactly. And he says, they need to go on to the deeper things of God. What kids need to know when they get out of kids ministry is the biblical theological arc of uh, scripture. They need to know that God created a perfect world. We broke it. Jesus redeems it. And someday he'll come back to glorify it. And I said, amen, brother Sam. That's exactly true. That is wonderful. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your book, 
redefining children's ministry in the 21st century. It is a staple for any children's Mm -hmm. minister who wants to teach their kids the deep things of the Holy Spirit. It's been fun. A little bit about that. It's been fun because the book itself has been translated into something like, I don't know, 10 or 12 languages. I lose count. Uh, Everything from Urdu over in Pakistan to to Spanish, to Russian, uh, even Korean. And so via all of these vehicles, it's basically spread around the world. But if you want to go to the New York bestsellers list, it'll, it'll never make it to that. I haven't sold that many books, but it, it is something that I feel like every person that is to go into is, is in children's ministry have, if they haven't read it already really does need to read it. And basically the book itself uh, just outlines uh, in more detail what we've been talking about here. However, in the back of the book, uh, the second half of the book, I actually break it, break things down into things like uh, kids uh, and evangelism, kids in the Holy Spirit, kids in healing, kids in preaching, uh, a variety of things. And I give present day examples of children from my ministry in the early years, because I wrote it in the early, early years of my ministry. I've been doing this 20 years now, but uh, I didn't, I have a lot more testimonies now, but anyway, they were all testimonies from preschool on up of how children were actually involved in all of these activities uh, of the scripture. And so I challenge people in, in this book to look at kids a different way, realize what they're capable of. And when you think about it, how many of us have watched programs like America's Got Talent? And we have seen the stunning examples of children who are exceptionally gifted in music or instruments or dance or gymnastics. And even uh, a couple of times, kids at 12 years old and younger have actually won the million dollar prize. Uh, the one I'm thinking of right offhand is that Darcy Lynn, who won a million dollars by doing her puppetry. And now she has her own show in um, Las Vegas, Nevada, in one of the casinos, and she's a young adult now. But you think about uh, the program, I don't know how many people have ever seen the uh, program with Steve Harvey, The Little Big Shots, where he has brought in young children who would just blow your mind with not only their intellectual abilities, but the skills that they have in, in gymnastics and uh, you know, just all kinds of, of things. And you look at that and, and we're just really impressed with those kids, right? But when it comes to thinking that, well, if they can do that, then they are also capable of operating in the things of the spirit. It's like, no, 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 no. They're just children. They can't possibly comprehend those things. So the book that I wrote really breaks the paradigms it breaks open the um, preconceived notions that we've had for generations about children and what they can do and what they can't do. And we, we stake our ministry on that scripture. Where it says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And the, I grew up in the church from the time I was a little girl. I knew that that was talking about boys and girls. It wasn't just talking about generations of, of offspring down the road, although that is a part of it. I, I, w- I knew and I heard it preached that even boys and girls are going to be doing these things. Well, we're living in that day. And if the church is going to uh, come to its senses, 
It's got to recognize that, that children should be trained up to be soldiers in the army of God now while they're young, because if we wait until they're teenagers, we've waited too late. When they become teenagers, if they aren't already in love with Jesus, they have no interest in the things of God at all. Absolutely. I've preached over and over the 414 window. If you don't get them by the time they're 14, it's going to be a miracle if they ever get saved. That's exactly right. And usually 14 is too late. It's it's more like uh, 10, 12, even younger. Yeah. I know my uh, daughter was saved at the age of three. My grandson, her son, was saved at the age of three. He's four now. My other grandson, who's 15 now, was saved at the age of four. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit as young children. I mean, uh, my daughter was nine when she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm. I was a bus kid. I didn't get saved till I was 13. Wow. <laughs> I was saved in an on-fire church and revival. And I was saved at 13 and a month or two later received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I had no idea what it was, but I heard everybody saying how you need to speak in tongues because of all those benefits. And I said, Lord, I don't know what it is, but if it's if you, I want it. And That's when true. I kind of came off the floor and heard myself speaking in tongues, I figured out what it was. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I lived in a home life where my family was not saved mm. and they were not living for God at all. If I had not had the power of the Holy Spirit, when I got saved and started going to church, if I had not gone into the deeper things of God, those shallow, be good messages based on the Joan and the whale would not have sustained me. <laughs> exactly. I used to say to my students, um, just how many ways can you repackage Noah's Ark anyway? Exactly. Um, you know, because it seems like uh, if a, if a, if you get called in to be the Sunday a, uh, a Sunday school teacher substitute one Sunday, you're unprepared. What's the thing you teach about? Either Daniel and the lions did, David and Goliath, or Noah's Ark. And it's like that's the only thing. And we've been taught this that the only thing that's going to hold the attention of a, of a child is going to be the basic Bible stories. And so. Uh, I think one of the reasons why that uh, the kids uh, series of TV shows um, and movies, uh, Veggie Tales, was so popular is because they took the basic Bible stories and they made them fun and entertaining and cute and all the rest. And um, and Silly. us adults liked adults liked them better than the kids did, <laughs> you know, exactly. because we've heard the story so many times that, you know, just telling the basic uh, story again is boring. And that's what our kids are finding. And what we find out is one of the reasons they leave the church is because they find it boring. And a part of it is because they've heard the same Bible stories over a hundred times and they, they graduate. This is a literal statistic now, not my opinion. They graduate from our children's ministries at the age of 13, feel like they've heard it all. They know everything there is to know about God and the Bible because it's just been this constant repetition of the same things over and over again, and they feel like there's no further reason for them to go to church. 
That's right. I agree with you 100%. Why don't you tell us a little more about kids in ministry? Because people don't understand this. I mean, I've had children preach. I've had children lay hands on the sick and then be healed. I've had children prophesy. And uh, yet, basically, all people want children to do is sing cute songs in front of the congregation. I've never gone for cute songs either. When the kids sang in front of the congregation, I taught them, all right, we need to be anointed. We need to be full of the power of God so that the people out there will be ministered to rather than think. I always say you are cute. There's nothing wrong with being cute, but that's not why we're going to be singing. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I remember um, when I first named this ministry, Kids in Ministry International, I had been out on the East Coast for a couple of years at, a, at being a kids pastor at a church. And when I moved back to Bismarck, I went to the church that I had been a part of for a number of years and kind of sat down and, and told the pastor what I was doing. And um, the first words out of his mouth were, I don't believe in kids in ministry. And at first I just... you know, I had to stop and think. And then he went on to say, well, I don't believe that you should be teaching things. And he didn't use this terminology, but this was the gist of what he was saying. I don't believe you should be teaching kids about the Holy Spirit or healing the sick or the gifts of the spirit or hearing God's voice or any of that, because if they advance spiritually beyond the spiritual level of where their parents are, you're going to cause problems in the home. And I was very polite. I didn't say anything to him. I just listened. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I did my job. And I'm thinking, if I can teach the children that, why can't you teach the adults that, you know, and, and, um, but the, the point is, um, a lot of times people think I'm talking about a pulpit ministry, like I'm expecting kids to, you know, um, have a, uh, 250, thousand uh, people on their mailing list and be publishing books and going around the country and speaking in churches and stuff. And I actually don't agree with that at all. Um, I think childhood is the time they need to be developing character. They need to be developing the the fruit of the spirit um, and they need to be growing in faith, learning the word of God. And if they, if they have opportunities to minister in the local church uh, in various ways, by all means, give them a, a way to do it while they're under the covering of their parents, their children's pastor and the head pastor, where if they need coaching, if they need guidance, that's the place that they can get it done. But to release them into some kind of worldwide ministry, that that is the furthest thing uh, from my mind. What I believe is that we should be teaching children the same thing we should be teaching the adults, that it's that the fivefold ministry gift, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors were placed as gifts in the church for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. We're here, the ones in today that we know of have pulpit ministries. We're not supposed to be the only ones healing the sick. We're not supposed to be the only ones uh, seeing signs and wonders. We're supposed to equip the other Christians so they know what to do, that it's it's spread through the neighborhoods, it's spread through the schools, it's thre- spread it spread through the neighborhoods, it spread through the schools, it spread through the local churches, the people that we work with on the job, that's where we're supposed to be operating in the gifts of the spirit, you know, and so 
Um, what we're trying to do is just raise up children to be soldiers in the army of God while they're still young, to know what to do, you know, and to be part of the body of Christ, not to be excluded until they are old enough to be able to pay their tithes. And so it's, um, we just have to rethink what we believe about kids in ministry. And we've got such amazing testimonies around the world. I, I put out a newsletter to my donors and our graduates of our school every month. And it seems like every month it's just full of testimonies of leaders around the world in, in kids in ministry uh, that we have trained and they're going around and training others and they're going around and starting children's ministries where they're seeing all kinds of signs, wonders, and miracles. And so what a, what a sad thing for a kid to turn 15 and he still doesn't know how to pray over anything but his food. Uh, he doesn't know how to uh, intercede for the lost. He doesn't know how to heal the sick. He doesn't know how to hear God's voice. What is wrong with us if our churches have raised a child from, from the nursery through high school graduation, and they don't even know how to hear the voice of God? What have we been doing with our time? It's so sad. It's really sad that that's the state of our churches nowadays, Yeah, especially in the United States. I'm not sure if it's that way in every nation, but at right. least in the United States, it is. And yeah. uh, Well, I, it is in most nations. I'll just be really honest with you, Tamara, having been to 29 different nations, the reason people invite me in is because they're hungry for this kind of ministry. And the United States, England, Canada, and Australia, we have all exported the westernized version of children's ministry, which is what we've been discussing. When your kids graduate, just make sure they know Jesus loves them. Just tell the Bible stories, be good entertainers, make sure it's fun. So they'll want to invite their kids, their friends to church. I mean, all the mindsets, we have exported that to Africa, to the Philippines, to Asia, to India. We have exported that. And that is the traditional mentality, no matter what country you go to in the world. Because I have graduates in many of those countries, and the, the stories they tell me are exactly this. Like, for instance, one of my other graduates wrote, she says, we've lost many generations of children in our church. I have seven children, but only two of them are still in the church. When I asked my older children if they had ever experienced God, they said no. From the very first lessons from our school, when we started listening to, to your school, we understood what the problem was. Yes, we gave them Bible stories and topics related, but children need God. They need the supernatural. They need God's touch. They must hear what God is telling them. They must experience him for themselves. That is amazing that it's gone all over the world and as far as I'm concerned, this is a demonic attack. Mm -hmm. This is not just a wrong way of doing children's ministry. This is a demonic attack to thwart our children from knowing Jesus and yes. knowing the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it is. It is. This has been so good talking with you, yes. Tamara. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. And I have a feeling that you and I could go on and talk about this for a couple of hours. Probably. I tell people, <laughs> I, I tell people um, if they ask me to give up a, 
get, get up and, and give a word. I tell them it's a dangerous thing to hand a microphone to a preacher because <laughs> I have a, a school that's 45 hours long. And so, I mean, I can talk for a long time on this topic. But uh, anyway, thank you for inviting me onto your program. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you coming and I hope sometime you'll come back. Yes, that would be great. I pray for the success of your program and that you're able to mentor many people between now and when Jesus comes back again. We need more like you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. You're so welcome. If you enjoyed this Ignite Kidman podcast, subscribe and click the bell or notification button. If you would like more resources and curriculum for your children's ministry, or would like to schedule an event, check out RevivalFireForKids.com. Consider becoming a patron and receive monthly Zoom calls, online support, and children's ministry resources at RevivalFireForKids.com slash ignite. Until next time.